You are listening to a podcast from the UAB School of Nursing Health Network. Good afternoon and welcome to Clinical Pearls. I'm your host, Tracy White. I am delighted to have Dr. Tedra Smith and Dr. Curry Bordelon here to talk to us today about choosing a graduate clinical nursing path. Um, we are going to get more into what that means here in just a little bit, but first I would like um, Tidra to tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do here at the School of Nursing. Thank you so much for having me here today. My name is Tidra Smith. I'm the, an associate professor. I'm also the assistant dean for graduate clinical education MSDN. My specialty is pediatric nurse practitioner primary care. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, and Curry, tell us a little about yourself. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you for, uh, for having me here today. My name is Curry Bordelon. I'm an associate professor as well. I am the, the interim assistant dean for graduate clinical education, all things related to the doctoral degree, the DMP. So I'm quite excited to share that with you. My clinical expertise is a neonatal uh, nurse practitioner. I'm also uh, certified as a peds acute care nurse practitioner as well. Thank you for having me. All right, great. Well, I mentioned we're going to talk about choosing a nursing um, graduate clinical pathway and want to delve into a little bit more about what that means. Um, as many people know, nursing has a lot of different pathways, a lot of different degrees, can do a ton of things with your nursing um, education. So let's talk a little bit about first kind of what does graduate clinical nursing paths even mean? Um, for those that may not be as familiar with it. Is that the same as an advanced practice nurse? Oh, let's see. Sorry, uh, Tidra, I'll let you take that first question. Thank you so much. Um, so graduate clinical nursing is uh, somewhat a global term that we use to describe our graduate nursing pathways. So in graduate nursing, there are several different specialties that you can pursue. So we have the nurse practitioner pathway, we have the nurse midwife pathway, we have um, nursing anesthesia, um, there's also a leadership pathway for informatics and healthcare administration. So there's several different pathways. So graduate clinical nursing is just a broad term that we use to specify um, different pathways of um, kind of looking at different pathways of graduate education. Um, it's kind of just an umbrella term, and it does include advanced nursing practice and all the several different pathways. We also have the MSN program versus the DMP program and different pathways that fall up under those programs as well. That's a lot to work through for someone um, to figure out what it is that they want to do. Um, Curry, what kind of basic education requirements are required before even being able to get into a graduate clinical nursing path. Excellent. You know, as uh, Tidra just mentioned, there's multiple different degree paths within different, you know, within the graduate programs, within the graduate pathways. And to be prepared to enter each of these degrees requires certain uh, entry level requirements, such as, you know, a, ba you know, a baccalaureate degree uh, to be able to uh, pursue a master's degree or any other graduate degree. We have multiple different degrees that bridge you from a, a baccalaureate degree into a doctoral degree or a, a where you're also achieving a specialty of some sort uh, within that, such as, you know, for example, our CRNA program, 
uh, our certified registered nurse uh, anesthetist program allows you, and in fact, most of the programs across the United States now have moved to a post-baccalaureate degree, meaning you enter as a baccalaureate prepared nurse to a doctoral degree, to the DMP degree. And you know, we can explain a little bit more about that specific DMP degree in a minute, but it's to allow students to, to track themselves from a baccalaureate prepared into a doctoral degree. The same sort of uh, degree uh, path uh, occurs as well with our master's program, allowing students to, to, to enter, you have to have a baccalaureate degree or some sort of master's uh, uh, degree to be able to bridge into uh, to our specialty tracks as well. So there's, again, it's each of the degree paths have a slightly different um, requirement for entry. Uh, and it based really, it's based really upon uh, what the requirements are for the programs. So just to clarify, I, what I hear you saying is there are essentially two ways um, to, to get into this clinical pathway. One is after you get your bachelor's degree, you can enter and then go ahead and go straight through and get your doctorate. The other is to go into a master's program first, finish it, then work, and then you can always come back and get your DMP. Is that correct, Curry? Uh, it is, and that's a, that's a great uh, summary of that. And, and we allow our students to really pick the path that works best for them. We allow them to customize that experience to, to allow, you know, just here at UAB specifically, but many programs across the United States do the same, allow you to pick which path works best with your current uh, situation or your current uh, your goals or your journey. Uh, so for like like you just talked about, after a baccalaureate degree is achieved, you then can pursue a master's degree uh, in nursing or nursing informatics or uh, other master's based pathways, some of those of which are nurse practitioner based degrees or advanced practice degrees, different specialties, neonatal, pediatric, family and so forth as a nurse practitioner. There's also nursing leadership, there's informatics, uh, as, as, uh, as teachers mentioned earlier. For those students who want to pursue an, uh, a terminal degree as a doctoral prepared uh, clinician, then you can pursue a doctoral degree after uh, either in two, two ways. You can have the post-baccalaureate degree where you enter the program uh, as a post-BSN to DMP, or you can have your, or you go, you know, after you've completed your master's, you can do a post-master's degree. Many universities across the United States have the same uh, sort of setup. Some have moved exclusively to a post-baccalaureate to DMP degree, uh, but most of them still have a, a mix of both. Okay, interesting. Um, Tidra, about how long does it take someone to get, if they wanna just go for their master's first, what's that program length look like? Typically, someone coming in with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing that wants to pursue a Master's of Nursing degree, they would typically take about two and a half years. The first year is what we call our core support. They're going to be in courses, patho, pharmacology. They're going to be taking evidence-based practice courses. They're going to be taking learning about the various professional roles in nursing and other healthcare professions. They're also going to be taking courses to learn how to do health assessment. So they've had a health assessment as a BSN prepared nurse, um, but this is advanced health assessment. So how to assess to be able to diagnose the patient. They'll also be getting lots of content focused across the lifespan in that first year. So that's considered our core support courses. Then that second year is when they really will get into their specialty, whether they're pursuing pediatrics, adult 
cute, adult primary, but they'll really get um, three full semesters and, and three and a half actually, um, because there's like an intro course to it, but they'll get three pieces of content related to their specific specialty, as well as clinical hours. There are required clinical hours. This is where the student will be going and working one-on-one with a preceptor to get clinically trained to be um, that advanced practice nurse that they're pursuing in their specialty population. So they get hands-on training there. So after going through those courses, um, typically that takes us two and a half years. Most programs are going to be full-time, what we consider full-time, two courses a semester. So most will typically take you two and a half years to complete. Okay. And Curry, it, can you speak to the same um, idea of, of the length of the program? And you can specify, I think, how long is the BSN to DNP versus just the post-master's DNP? Because I think it's different. Certainly, uh, and and it is, and you know, and the the post masters to DMP, the post MSN uh, to DMP degree, uh, is about seven semesters, and so so you're about two and a half years as well, uh, where you're learning a very high level skills, systems thinking approach. You're looking at a lot of things from leadership perspectives, uh, advanced team building, and there's a lot of content in there that really builds on some of the core content that was learned within the master's program, but it's really taking that much higher level where you know, the intent of the outcome is not only uh, to be an advanced, advanced practice nurse, but it's really to be a higher level uh, leader within the health system to really help impact change and to, to really drive quality improvement initiatives to improve outcomes within our patient population. For the post uh, baccalaureate to DMP, so I suppose BSN to DMP students, they're with us from nine to 10 semesters, depending upon the entry. So we enter twice a year. Our particular program enters twice a year. But many programs will have something similar when it comes to, uh, you know, cohort design where the students will come in at select periods of, uh, throughout the year uh, and then they will move through the program together. Uh, as Tidra mentioned, there's courses that uh, will be part of a core design where you get to know a lot of the content, basic skills, your learning competencies <clears throat> within quality improvement work and so forth. But as a, as a BSN to DMP, you're also you know, you're, uh, in addition, you're learning the things that are the core and support for things such as your anatomy, physiology, and pharmacology, and so forth. So there's a, there's two ways to look at it. You know, as opposed to master's to DMP, you've already achieved an uh, advanced practice degree. You're adding on top of that a much higher level of leadership, systems thinking, and so forth. Whereas your post BS in a DMP, you're learning that same skill set, but inside within that pathway, within that program, you're also learning your specialty track content based on your selected specialty. Okay, great. Um, Tidra, what would, what would, what is the benefit of obtaining a graduate clinical degree for people that are already working as nurses? What does it change in their, their, their opportunities, their work day? Can you speak to that? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you so much. There's, there's many opportunities that um, become available once getting your advanced degree. Um, there's an increased level of knowledge and skill set, which helps to open those doors for various other opportunities. You have more autonomy, have more leadership skill development, uh, as Curry mentioned regarding team building, quality improvement projects. All of those things are embedded in our advanced um, degree coursework, and so students 
the output is um, more opportunities, more autonomy, enhancing their current skill set and knowledge base so that they can go out and lead teams and, uh, you know, diagnose patients and treat patients, have that autonomy to be able to manage various disease processes. Um, so there's lots of opportunities within the healthcare system, not just in hospitals, but also in clinic and community-based clinics as well. Um, there's just um, so many opportunities. I can't name them all. Um, not just working with our strength. We have our leadership pathways and our informatics leading teams to develop the tools that nurses are using at the bedside, being not just a charge nurse, but preparing students to be able to lead um, within hospitals, within clinics, within the community that opens the door to several different opportunities by getting that advanced degree because you're building on your knowledge and skill set. I completely agree, just from personal experience. Um, it, it gave me so many opportunities to, to come to the table, to be at the table, to lead mm -hmm. the change, not just mm -hmm. receive it, but to actually have my voice heard. So, um, yeah, yes, I agree with you. Yes. There are many opportunities to even to list out. You never know what it's going to bring you. So, um, obviously, I'm a big, big fan of it, um, too. Um, yes, Curry, me, just, too. me too. There's just so many opportunities. I'm sorry. There's just so many oh, yeah. opportunities that it opens where nurses need to be at the table, having that advanced degree for what we need to wedge our way into the conversation. You know, we're right there with the patient day in and day out. So being having that opportunity to sit at the table is immeasurable. Is um, It speaks volumes to that advanced degree that you work hard to obtain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if Curry, I may I add something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah. If I may add something to that, you know, uh, that's it's such a powerful, um, such a powerful statement. Whenever you talk about having your seat at the table, because that empowerment of change is very important, and that's some of the the, the skill set you learn at the at the doctoral level as well. Not you know, our, our master's friends, uh, colleagues, and so forth had a lot of um, you know advocacy and a lot of passion for their patient population, but to change things within a health system or within you know, political uh, uh, circles and also within laws and, you know, advocating at a, at a much higher level also comes, you know, from our doctoral uh, students, uh, doctoral uh, prepared students. And when you have over 4 million nurses in the United States, it really does show how with additional skills and being present at that table with advanced degrees, both a master's and a DMP, it, re it gives you an opportunity to shape how we function as a profession. One of the largest and most trusted professions year on end, uh, over and over for multiple, you know, for for history here, it really does give us an opportunity to shape how we can influence healthcare because we're, you know, we're the largest employee of this of, of any of the healthcare systems, and that's we're the largest employee base. So, so to have both uh, nurses, advanced practice nurses, doctorally prepared nurses to stipulate what we can do and how we can really uh, impact our outcomes of our populations, it really is important that we advance our skills to meet the, the, the current needs of our of our people. That's great. Yeah, completely agree. So what do you think, uh, Curry, what do you think makes a person um, a good a good fit for a clinical, a graduate clinical degree, um, either master's or doctorate, but just this advanced 
um, pathway in general, what kind of characteristics do you look at um, for your applicants and hope for your students to have? Certainly, and you know, some of the things that are really key characteristics of any of our students uh, that we have join us in our graduate programs, it's talking about being able to articulate uh, your journey you want, being able to articulate what you would like to do with your career. Because nursing is exactly that, it's a profession, it's a long-term career, whatever level it is, whatever degree pathway you seek, it really is a long-term career path. There's, there's nursing in, in so many different ways from bedside nursing, into leadership administration, into into research, and there's so many different ways that you can uh, that you can be part of the health system. So whenever we look at our with our students, whenever we review our student files, or just just here at UAB, but other in other locations, I'm sure do the same. It really is about under do the students understand the role? Can they articulate what their role is? You know what the role is that they're they're trying to seek? Do they understand what this journey entails? Are they able to balance the requirements of taking on a journey such as this along with personal uh, requirements as well and that all of this comes out as they you know as they're writing about what their what their passions are what they're trying to uh, achieve but also looking at their performance we look at their performance previously uh, academic performances because that you know academic performance can dictate whether you know the successful and very rigorous program uh, and most nursing programs uh, clearly can state that they're uh, quite rigorous across uh, the U.S., um, but we, we look at those characteristics such as that. Can can they function uh, in, in a higher level educational facility? Can can they uh, articulate their thoughts? Can they can they uh, really? What is their experience when it comes to in that clinical space within their uh, within their selected uh, specialty? So, for instance, if you have an oncology nurse, has that nurse uh, articulated uh, ways that they've shared disseminated uh, different a poster presentation or podium presentation? Have they been part of a grant? Have they been part of a protocol development? Have they uh, had some of the initiative that they were part of? Were they self-guided and generated to be able to uh, help impact change? Because those can give you little hints to say, well, if they, if they took it upon themselves or they were part of a group, they worked with a team to be able to, uh, to impact change in this way, then they're going to do so at a much higher level whenever they're achieving their master's and the doctoral degree. So those are just a couple of things that we look at during the review process. So speaking to that a little bit, Tidra, you know, do people, I mean, obviously these are nurses, they're already working. Do you look for um, a lot of experience? Are, are these, are people applying to graduate school now quickly right after getting their bachelor's would you rather see that they've worked a, several years to kind of achieve the things that curry was just talking about or does it really matter in their overall success and then kind of a two-part question do they typically continue working throughout the program as a nurse in their in their current job okay thank you that's a great question i'm going to answer part two first so typically, most of our graduate students, whether pursuing MSN or DMP, do typically continue to work full time. Because of the structure of the program being typically two courses, sometimes three courses per semester, students are able to have um, work-life balance and they're able to continue working full time as well as um, pursuing their education. Even 
students that begin their clinicals where the last three semesters where they're also getting um, clinical hours, especially for our nurse practitioners, our CRNAs, and our um, nurse midwife students, they do still tend to keep working full-time. You know, a lot of times they have a variation in their work schedule where they may work multiple days and then have several days off so they can do clinicals, but most of our students do continue to work full-time. It requires some responsibility and some time management skills, but they're able to do it. Now, for the first part of your question related to um, students um, coming in straight out of school versus waiting, there's various different um, schools of thought related to that. What we have seen personally in our data, that students coming right from their BSBN and enrolling in DMP or MSBN, they tend to do just as well as someone that has had 10 or 15 years of experience. Sometimes they do a little bit better because they don't have um, that knowledge just yet. Um, so we've actually seen that they do just fine. Now, regarding some specialties, such as neonatal versus pediatrics versus adult acute, sometimes the specialties have certain recommendations on the number of years of experience, as well as um, our nurse anesthesia pathway. So there's certain criteria um, that they may re be required to follow that we have to follow in regards to the years of experience prior to. And keep in mind as well, our students do take core and support that first year, so they are getting experience, because as I mentioned, most of our students are working, so they get that experience the first year of the program before they start their clinical prep work, as well as all of their clinicals that they had in their BSN program. So um, it really varies individual and based on the program that they're pursuing, but most students that enter straight from their BSN do completely fine in the program and end up being very successful as an MSN or DMP prepared um, advanced practice nurse. Sounds like there can be a wide range of student ages and experience within each of these specialties. So probably provides yes, there's a, a there's a wide range of experience level, which really works out great because we do a lot of team based. You know, healthcare is a team based um, profession, and so we do a lot of group and team based activities. And students flourish by mixing up that experience level and various hospitals and various. Um, setting, so it really is, adds a lot of value to our program that we allow students to come in with various levels of experience. Yeah, that's great. Um, Curry, I wanted to touch just a little bit on um, the difference in the DNP and the PhD, and I, uh, you know, I don't want to take a ton of time, but people might kind of be familiar with both. So how would you explain describe the differences in that and the, the type of person um, or their goals, you know, that they want to achieve, which one should they pick? Certainly. So you're right. There are basically two doctoral prepared pathways that our nurses can, or any nurse can, can pursue. Uh, one of which is the PhD, which is uh, research driven. Uh, it's that it's a generation of new knowledge. It's when nurses uh, in the clinical setting our non-clinical setting can do research to identify new techniques, new ways, safety. So I mean, there's so many different things you can do when it comes to research, but it's to generate that new knowledge for clinical practice. That's the intent. The other degree at a doctoral prepared is the DMP. You know, over the years, it's been other degrees, the DNS and other degrees 
that have come around non-PhD uh, that uh, sort of a, that really wasn't quite the right fit. So the DNP really became the fit for clinical practice. So that's what came from you know many years of experience with the, trying to uh, have a clinical focused uh, doctoral degree. And that's what that's what came from that is over the last 20 year plus years is the DMP degree. So the doctoral nursing practice degree is taking that evidence that our PhD colleagues have, uh, have identified, have, have uh, implemented and take that into the clinical setting for actual translation. We're taking that information and then we're translating that to clinical practice, not saying PhDs can't. I mean, that by no means I'm not saying that. However, that tends to be the main focus of our degree as a DMP prepared. A clinician is that translation of evidence into practice. Well, part of the skill set you learn in the DMP is understanding how to critically appraise uh, available evidence, how to articulate, how to design quality improvement initiatives, and that's really that's the heart of what we do, the core, and to be able to impact change. So, for instance, if you have an issue with uh, blood specimen rejection uh, in an ICU unit in any given hospital. You can, you can identify potential gaps, you can look at the process, you can evaluate that process, look for gaps in current practice, and identify based on the evidence that's available, ways to improve that. You institute a change, you measure that outcome, you look at your outcomes and then disseminate it out. That's basically a small view of how you can do a cyclic quality improvement change that is completely within the scope of your degree as a DMP. And in most DMP programs, that's what they do. You, you, you learn that project process, you learn that quality improvement cycle process to be able to impact outcomes. Awesome. Um, Tidra, um, say someone wants to be a faculty member, like we are. Um, do you have a recommendation for which path they would take? Um, do you need a, a master's or a DMP or a PhD to be a full-time faculty? Great question. I get that question a lot. A lot of emails related to wanting to become a nurse educator and what do the student need to do. Um, actually, it really depends on where you see yourself. You can teach with an MSN degree and you can also teach with a DMP. It really just depends on where you see yourself. For example, we have several MSN prepared um, adjunct faculty, what we call adjunct faculty. And these are um, people that are still in clinical practice that are teaching part-time. They're, they're working with full-time faculty to um, teach students in various typically clinical courses, but also some of our core and support. So, you can have a master's and be able to do that. Typically, if you're wanting to pursue a full-time position, especially at a university, a doctorate, a DMPR, PhD is what's going to be preferred because you're going to be doing other things. Most most school of nurses, once you're full-time faculty, there's other responsibilities that require you to have a DMPR, PhD. For example, you're going to be doing scholarship. You're going to be implementing quality improvement projects possibly related to your, your teaching, possibly in a clinical setting. You're, you may be asked to do research, but there's going to be a scholarship arm that you can better fulfill if you are prepared at the doctorate level, DNP versus PhD. So it really depends on where you see yourself in that education sphere. There's also nurse education specialties. Um, there's coursework that you can take that's specifically geared toward becoming a nurse educator here at UAB we have a nurse educator um, subspecialty at the moment but we are getting ready to 
translating that into a actual specialty. So if you're considering advanced nursing, but you don't want to be in the leadership pathway and you're not quite sure about being a nurse practitioner or a nurse midwife or being in that clinical setting, you can pursue nursing educator as a specialty course to become prepared to be able to educate in the, in full-time positions. So it, it can be MSN or DNC or PhD, just depending on your career trajectory and where you see yourself wanting to teach full-time or part-time and in what capacity. I think that's great because it's different mm -hmm. being a, a clinician and being an educator. There's the, there's a learning curve there. Very those different. Of us. Very different. Yeah. We um, we experience though. We we with our clinicians that work as adjunct because they are still in that environment of to date information. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of help needing translating that to students, but we love working with our clinicians that are MSN prepared at the at the bedside in those clinical settings. We with mutual beneficial relationship between the two. Definitely, we couldn't do it without them. Um, Curry, just kind of, we're going to begin wrapping it up. We've got just a couple more minutes here, but I'm interested to know what you see for the role of the DNP prepared nurse in the future. What's, what's coming down the pipeline for us? So every day we are seeing more and more influence within the DNP degree uh, and within the health system, within clinics, within, you know, different governmental agencies and so forth. We're seeing more and more DMP advanced practice degree, but also DMP based degree uh, uh, nurses who are, they really are influencing how, what, how the care is provided. They're influencing policy, they're influencing leadership. They are, they're the ones leading health systems. Uh, you, I mean, it's just, there's, the sky's the limit, if you will. It really is about education, leadership. It could be consulting, it could be, you know, advocacy is, you know, professional development. It could be where you're part of professional nursing organizations and you're running large national and state-based uh, and local uh, nursing organizations. So there's so many different ways, but we're seeing a wider degree pathway. Instead of a DMP as a single degree, we're seeing more such as the DMP for our CRNA colleagues. Now we're seeing it, you know, population health. Uh, we're seeing it with our nurse executive. We're seeing it with so many different more you know, quality improvement. There's so many different uh, specific uh, sort of you know, environments that you can function in uh, as a DMP, as a specialty DMP. It really does give you a lot of opportunity within health systems and within communities uh, to just improve everything that we're doing uh, for our patient population. Thank you. Tidra, what do you see for the future of the nurse practitioner, the, the master's degree? Do you see, let me ask, I don't think this is a hot button topic, but I've heard for years that it, we are moving to a DNP required for nurse practitioners. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak to that and just kind of what you see for the future of nurse practitioners or advanced practice um, nurses with their masters? Thank you, thank you, that's a great question. Yes, we are um, eventually phasing out the MSN. Uh, we feel like it's best to prepare our nurse practitioners to, to perform at that higher level, that DMP level, the, the quality of patient care and patient safety and patient outcomes to get the greatest impact for our patients. But the MSN program will be around for a little while longer because there's still a great need. There's still a great need. Several areas have no healthcare providers, and that's 
one of our goals is to be able to equip our students to be able to go and lead in these areas where there's limited health care providers and increased access to care. So it will be a while before we phase out the MSN program. But yes, there is a gentle push to kind of move toward the DNT, and we eventually will. But right now, we're focused on preparing our students, our graduates, to be leaders and to be able to go into these areas with minimal access and increased access and have a positive impact on patient outcome. Great. Um, all right, we are, are about out of time. So, Curry, could you just uh, give us just a takeaway, kind of what do you want to leave our audience with today as a final thought from you, and then I'll ask Tidra to do the same. Thank you. Uh, and I really appreciate being here to share uh, my experience uh, within the degree paths and so forth. It really is about, there's so many different options for you. There are many different degree paths, there's many different options. You know, it's really about what your needs are. And most places, especially at UAB, we can customize that experience for you. We can really sort of help guide you in that career path. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Reach out to people uh, to ask questions. Reach out to faculty that you find uh, within a certain university that you're looking for, and we can help guide you in what uh, to meeting those needs. Thank you. And Tidra, could you leave us with a takeaway and perhaps some resources and places where the students that are interested in this can find more information? I definitely agree with what Curry stated. Um, it's very individualized in what you decide to do. Really take a hard look at your future plans, your goals, what are your specific career goals, where do you see yourself working, what patient population do you see yourself working with, uh, are all factors that you need to take into account of. Where do you see yourself living in the next five to ten years is very important as well. I would say don't hesitate to reach out. There's lots of resources. For example, here at UAB, we have lots of resources. We have advisors that you can speak with. We have informational sessions that you can attend to get uh, your, your questions answered. Don't hesitate to ask any kind of questions because we are here to help customize what you need for where you see yourself in the future. Some of the resources are great resources, the website, starting with the website, the school that you plan to apply for. Usually there's lots of helpful information, lots of links there. I would encourage you to visit the national organization for the patient population you plan to pursue. For example, there's the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, there's the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners, there's men and nursing, there's all types of different organizations based on the population that you see yourself working with that you can also get information from. And I would say don't hesitate if you know someone working with the specialty population, doing the advanced practice nursing role that you see yourself in, ask questions, do observations. Um, you can never have enough information before making your decision. That's great. Thank you both so much. That was a wonderful discussion. And I think the future is really bright for our profession. So I appreciate all the work that both of you are doing to help us move, move in that direction. Um, well, thank you all for being with us. And I will see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Thanks for listening to Clinical Pearls from the UAB School of Nursing Health Network. This podcast is also available in video form at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash nursing network.